Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the Abundantly Curious podcast. I'm your host, Jerry. So in season one, I had such a blast creating something that was a pure passion project. It was one of the first creative acts I took just as a labor of love because I am so genuinely lit up and fascinated by the exploration of the intersection of science and spirituality and self-help and this whole world that just changed my entire life that I wanted to share it with other people and explore all of these ideas and get really curious about what exists in life and what the possibilities are. And that's really our mission here at Abundantly Curious is to expand people into possibility, to liberate you from the boxes, the mental boxes, the emotional boxes, the belief boxes that keep you living a life that is smaller than your potential that's smaller than the holistic nature of who you are. And so I'm very happy to be here recording this intro for the second season because there are some new things in the second season that we're introducing. And note that at the time of this recording right now, I have not recorded all of the episodes for this season. So we're really in this journey together. I think one of the primary goals and just ways that I am showing up in this is to not put myself as the producer, as the creator into any sort of boxes. So in season one, you'll notice there were a lot of guest experts joining and it was interview style and um, there was a, an absolute structure to things. That was beautiful in that work. There were also some solo episodes and I, I will probably still have some guest experts this season, but you're going to notice that I'm really going to show up however I want <laughs> in service to our mission of expanding people into possibility. That means there's going to be solo episodes where I'm sharing some of my personal experimentations. I think people are really curious about what it means to walk a path in between two worlds. And that's how I feel. And that is what I've heard so many others come to me about. I feel like I have one foot in this soulful world where I am so expanded into possibility. I have done so much growth. Um, I have this wild, almost voracious appetite for information and experiences that connect me and enliven me even deeper into the world. And there's this beautiful trust there that. I'm not engaging as just this alone individual in life, that I am in fact a creator of my life that is working in tandem with a force higher than myself. It's this soulful element of artistic expression and love and emotion and aliveness. And then there's this other world, I feel like my right foot is in this rational space. The space that I spent the first 30 years of my life in, I'm 34 now, so I mean, I'm going to say all the way up until now, it's probably still the dominant aspect of my nature, where it's this very energetically masculine, driven, climb the ladder of life, do the things. If you want to get the 
specific result you're looking for, there are very clear paths there and you do one step at a time in that specific way and you suck it up and you just do it. And where there's very little space for emotion and while there is absolutely a, a beauty to it, uh, there's a benefit to structure, there's a benefit sometimes to a certain level of strategy and pathway building that it can feel whenever it's overused quite constraining and containing. It feels like I've been living in a box for quite some time. And this is one of my experiments here that I'm going to be speaking to and sharing information about is what does it mean to walk the path between these two worlds, the soulful world and the rational world, the spiritual world and the practical world, the mind and the matter. There's just a lot of people who are trying to figure out how to balance these two things. So some of the episodes are going to be dedicated to that. I'm also in deep experimentation around living as a creator, not as a responder to life. So this is a way of living that is inside out, not outside in. And what does that mean? That means that I intend to live my life from a place of really using my inner compass, my inner knowing. I want to follow what lights me up. I want to follow what I desire and need and want. And I want to be able to listen to myself, to my body, um, to my intuition, to all these different parts of me that exist and make sure that they're all taken care of, that I'm not leaving any of them behind, that I'm not sacrificing any part of myself in order to show up in a way that I am expected to, or that I should, or that I think I have to in order to be witnessed in a specific way or create a specific outcome that I want. It really is this giant experiment, which some of you may know that I launched a company a few months back called the Now Experiment, which is all about presence-based exploration and coaching and mentorship, where it's really about being here right now and breaking free of this constant pull into the past or the future that removes you from the only moment that is real. This moment right here, right now, is the only time when you can be or do anything. And we tend to think that our access to aliveness, our access to the way that we want to feel or the experience of life that we want to have exists at some point in the future, once we've created a certain thing. And that's absolutely not true. Our access to aliveness is only ever here and now. And we can give ourselves the gift of choosing to be and do in a certain way right now that gives us access to more aliveness and that also generates the possibility of the future that we want to. So a big part of that for me is in leaving the boxes behind, ignoring the rules that don't work for me. I was in a recent workshop with Jaya John who is a artist and creator and such a wise human. And he said, leap from the rules into a higher atmosphere of freedom. Leap from the rules into a higher atmosphere of freedom. 
rules, structure, um, systems, these things are so beneficial and helpful, especially as the beginner, because they help you create new patterns and habits and new landscapes for possibility, whether it's in your health or your business or relationships or XYZ. They create a structure that is very helpful as you're starting to bloom, as you're starting to, to sprout. But then what I get from this quote and what I feel so often is that there's a moment where maybe part of that structure, part of those rules gets to shed away so that your unique way can bloom and blossom. So how can we use the rules in a way that frees us? And how can we create our own rules in life? such that we are not contained into any box, that we're not leaving any part of ourselves behind, that we're not sacrificing our level of aliveness in order to be accepted and successful and cared for and frankly financially secure and stable too. So there will be a lot of solo episodes where I'm sharing my personal journey and insight on this path uh, and I'll also be inviting friends and colleagues and cool people on to have different conversations around these things. And there will also be some guest experts as well. So I am really, really excited to bring this new version of Abundantly Curious to you where we're ultimately aiming to expand you into possibility and deepen you into aliveness, bringing more presence to your life and creating more of the experience of what you want out of it. I'm really happy to have you here and I invite you to sign up for my newsletter as well if you're not already, the Now Experiment newsletter on my website, thenowexperiment.com. So at this point, for those of you who are already pretty familiar with me, uh, I want to let you know I'm about to dive into my story, and that will be the end of this particular episode. So if you feel like you already have a deep understanding of my path, then feel free to keep on going. So I want to uh, give some background for those who are just now listening on what my experience of life has been to date. So I grew up in a very rural part of North Carolina and went to a very, very small series of schools. Um, and it was quite a simple, low-key, blue-collar life. And I always had this desire for more. And I think that there's something beautiful in that desire because desire is the only reason why anything gets done right <laughs> if we did not want for yearn for desire things um there might not be any reason to actually get up and take action so I say that with love and care towards my young self who had so much yearning for something different because she really was not loving her situation where she was in this, in this place that she was in for multiple reasons. And she just wanted something better for herself. And um, what I wish that I could go back in time and tell her is to remind her of how much there is to be grateful for 
in those moments and to give her access to tools and things that she can do that help her feel more alive without needing some sort of external experience to happen in order to get her there. So that's a little reparenting inner child moment right there. That's what I would tell young Jerry. But anyway, so I basically jumped onto the ladder of life that I call it really early on with a lot of zeal and with a very clear vision and mission and purpose. I wanted to get out. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to leave um, this place that had been kind of containing and, and boxing in for me. I wanted to leave it behind and I wanted to go out there and just explore and adventure and get out in the world. So I was very, very academically inclined. I was at the very top of all of my classes. I think I had a 99 in every class. It was so annoying. I remember, um, <laughs> well, it wasn't annoying to me, but I say it was so annoying because I got feedback that it was annoying that whenever they had the award ceremony, I won almost every single award. <laughs> So it was just me getting up and down for highest grade point average and all of this stuff. And it it was just absolutely so deeply rooted in my identity, like so wildly rooted in my identity to be academically successful and not just successful, but at the very, very top. It was what became expected of me in a way. And I am still working on deconditioning that aspect of self that feels like in order to be me or in order to be loved or valuable that I must uh, be at the very, very top. (laughs) Um, So with that sort of mindset, I ended up in high school in my sophomore year applying to this science and mathematics school. It's kind of like a magnet school for science and math education, higher tier education. It's really meant to attract who were in my position, who were in schools that were much, much smaller, didn't have access to as much resources, where kids weren't being challenged or really given the education that could help them reach their potential. So I applied and got in and was so wildly excited because getting in meant that I got to go live on this campus that was almost like a college campus in Durham, North Carolina for two years in a dorm room and get completely free room and board there, free dining, free education from doctorate level, really educated people. And it also meant an entirely new environment with new people and being in like a much bigger town and just access to so many more experiences. I was super excited to do this and I went and I got there and oh my God, it was like for a little bit, it was amazing, but then it started to almost feel like a slap in the face because whenever my identity was so tied up in being at the top and you get access to this sea of other people that are really, really smart and really, really driven. Suddenly I was average in that pool, right? Which was still pretty good considering, but wow, like I was no longer anywhere near the top. And I started to notice how much of my motivation to act was motivated by external validation and the perception 
of how I was doing versus how I felt about how I was doing and how smart it was that I was perceived as versus how much I was learning. And that that's a, a point I want to bring up. Like nowhere in my education was anybody talking about the joy of learning or the joy of curiosity or exploring something or writing something or doing something because you wanted to. I don't remember a single message from a single teacher. I don't remember anything like that in my entire childhood. It was all about you do this thing so that you can achieve, so that you can be validated into the next level, so that you can keep going and so you can get to that place eventually where you'll be a valuable person who's successful and you'll have access to a lot of money. That's kind of the ladder of life that I'm talking about. It is that message, that normalized uh, capitalistic, <laughs> patriarchal uh, timeline that has created great order in our in our highly populated system. Yes, of course, um, that has worked very, very well for many people, which has created a lot of abundance for a lot of people, provided access to a lot of safety and stability and and fundamental resources. So not saying that it's all bad, but there is so much containment in it and there's so little exploration. So whenever I was at that school, I became deeply depressed because my I was having an identity crisis at 15 with no resources, living away from my family with all these kids in a sea of just teenage angst. But I, there I really developed a a stronger sense of resilience, I guess. I went to a really, really dark place there. A part of being in this school was that I would get free tuition to any of the university system schools, which was amazing because my family did not have enough money to afford college really for me. So I got a full ride, went to UNC Chapel Hill, and I played the rules and I chose the major. I was originally a business major because I had watched so much Sex in the City that I wanted to be in marketing and PR. Uh, and I actually dropped out of being a business major because there was a Friday morning accounting class that was a requirement for the major that I could not get to because Thursday nights were the party nights and it was a 45 minute commute from my dorm to the 8 a.m. classroom on Fridays. So when you think about the random stuff in life that can have a momentous butterfly effect, that's definitely one of them. So I ended up choosing journalism and public relations as my major. And I noticed this rebellion in myself while I was there. I had been contained for so long on this path and now I was in this free space and I just wanted to learn the things I wanted to learn. And yet the majors that I selected had such a strict curriculum of what kind of classes I had to take that I couldn't take a photography class because they were always filled up and they were reserved for the art majors. I couldn't take a music class. I couldn't take the writing classes that I wanted to take. There were still so little options at this place that we were meant to be free. So I kept climbing the ladder and I got out there and I found the entry level job. A year later, I moved to Boston for a relationship and I just kept climbing that ladder. You know, I had the coordinator role, the 
account executive role, the manager role, the senior manager, the director, and then the head of marketing role by the time I was 28 years old. And this career was built in marketing. So all this time, and I got to the top of that ladder and I was just like, Jesus, that fulfillment that I've been seeking all of the ways that I've ignored so many parts of myself, I didn't even know at the time what those parts were, to get to this place where things are supposed to feel different and they didn't feel different. So I went on a big journey. I kind of like left, went on this uh, solo backpacking trip where I ended up meeting up with a friend on one of her retreats that she was planning. And I awaken to this entirely different way of being and doing. I'll never forget there was a oracle deck at one of the places we were staying in Bali, which is a beautiful place, by the way. I highly recommend it. And I had no idea what an oracle deck was at, at that time, but I picked it up and I started playing around with it. And I, I kept pulling the same card. I must have pulled from this deck eight or nine, maybe 10 times. And almost every single time the transformation card would come up. There are 56 cards in this deck. The statistical likelihood of me pulling completely randomized, purely shuffled, whenever I'm pulling one card, the transformation card is so low and it kept happening. And that is maybe one of the first moments when I started to get a sense for the spiritual, synchronistic, beautiful, irrational nature of life. That transformation card was such a catalyst for me. Whenever I was there and I was surrounded by all these people living their lives in such a different way, and I kept getting this card and I kept feeling something in a really scary way, to be honest, shifting in me. I knew that there was something else for me, and that was the beginning of my awakening. And I say scary because there's something that happens whenever you realize your power to change your life. There's a shadow side to it where you're also heartbroken about the fact that you didn't change it before, that this power has always resided within you, and that there is, for some of the elements of your past, a a level of responsibility. And to that part, I'll offer grace because we don't do better until we know better, right? Um, So Jerry was doing the best she could until she got to that place of understanding that something else was possible. But nevertheless, there was a deeply dark side to realizing that I had spent most of my life on a path that wasn't serving me. Like, it, it was not lighting me up and there were all these other possibilities that I just wasn't aware of, hadn't really opened myself up to or been exposed to. And so with this initiation of sorts, I returned to my corporate job and I started on my own free time incorporating different modalities of personal growth and development on the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual sides. My physical journey was unintentional because whenever I came back from this trip, I had a really scary medical experience. Traveling to Bali is a lot. It can take 
anywhere from, I think at minimum, it'll take you 28 hours. And at the most, gosh, 48. Mine was somewhere between those two. And it was a lot. And then I flew a lot for the holidays directly after I was in the air a ton. I had all of this energy moving through my body and all these emotions after having an awakening to the possibilities in life. And I felt like one night, whenever I got back from one trip, I felt like I was having a heart attack. My chest, it felt like a like a giant weight was on it. And in retrospect, it could have been a panic attack, but it was more than that. My left arm started going numb and I didn't know what to do. So I called my mom and I was like, I think I need to go to the emergency room. This has been happening for like four or five hours and I'm trying to sleep and I can't. And it's really, really scary. And so I went and they couldn't find anything. But then this weird thing happened where my legs were feeling really full, almost like there was a clot in them and I couldn't walk very well. And I kept having this very intense sensation of pressure on my chest. To this day, I have no freaking idea what it was um, from either like a spiritual, energetic or a physical scientific perspective, like no clue. But what I do know is that after spending a month barely able to walk and not going into work as often and having endless tests run by the medical community and constantly being told that it's in my head or that they don't know what it is or that I'll just have to like feel it out, that I started then to get more curious about the other things that were possible in the physical health and wellness realm. That's when I discovered acupuncture and started going every week for the next two or three years. And I got to tell you, after the first two sessions, my symptoms were almost completely gone. I was put on this really, really healthy diet. I mean, you can't even call it diet. I was basically just eating like healthy food. And um, it, it changed everything for me. So I was pulling on this thread. I eventually gave up caffeine. I was vegan for a while. And then I decided that meat um, was calling to me again. My body sort of needed it. But being vegan for the while that I was was such an excellent cleanse and detox for me. And I stopped drinking. That was such a big one for me. I have actually been alcohol-free for almost three years now. And I would not go back. At least in this moment, I feel that I would never say never because one thing I hold a lot of space for is that I can change in any moment. I can choose differently in any moment. And so I don't put myself in any box of saying I am this forever because the ways that I've transformed and changed internally and externally over the course of my lifetime have proven to me that there is such a state of impermanence with a lot of things. And even the things that we say will never be for us could possibly be one day. I released a lot of my anxiety and mental rumination via the growth that I did. I went on a lot of women's retreats. I just, I was doing the work, man. Like every morning I had a morning ritual, a morning practice. I was moving my body. I was getting a little bit closer to emotions. I was healing my mind. And I just got to a place where I realized that the work that I wanted to do that was actually creating a sense of more fulfillment and joy and peace in my life wasn't what was happening at work. It was what was happening whenever I wasn't there. And I realized that I wanted more time to be there with myself, with these practices and these things that were helping me. So I left my corporate job. (laughs) 
I put in my notice the day after my big fat bonus hit my bank account. And sure enough, uh, COVID had just been a whisper that day. And two weeks later, it was full blown. My last day in the office was the first day that they told everyone to stay home in Boston where I was based. And that kind of killed my uh, dream of traveling during that time. But it was such a juicy time for me in terms of having all of my time and space to myself. No one was doing anything without me. There was no FOMO. There was no events. I literally couldn't do anything but sit at home in my studio with my cat and just be. That worked out so incredibly well for my personal timeline. And I'm not saying like, oh, COVID was a good thing for me. I'm just saying that in terms of when it could have happened in my life, me leaving at that moment worked out really beautifully because I was able to initiate a really lengthy healing journey that I am still on three and a half years later to deprogram myself from the conditioning of being constantly productive in a very specific way and to catch up on years and years and years of rest and self-reflection and space to follow my curiosity. So, okay, well, I guess I'm going to start a business because I've been just existing for two months now, living my best life in my apartment. Uh, so I'm going to get curious about how I'll start generating income on my own. And then it just hit me, start with what you know. What do I know? Well, I'm an expert in marketing. So become a marketing consultant, become a business coach. And that's what I did. I had an idea. A month later, I launched the business. In my first month, I had a great, super responsive month. And in my second month in business, I had my first $10,000 month. And I have continued on that entrepreneurship journey for the past three years, originally as a business coach. I still do business coaching, even though I don't advertise it as much, and eventually evolving into life coaching. I have clients who have been working with me for two and a half years who show up every week, and we work towards what they want to create in life the experience of life that they want to have. And I have to say like the fulfillment and joy of doing this work and witnessing clients create so much change, so much transformation. It has been absolutely beautiful to witness. And that's why I, I got into this is I wanted to do work that helps free people that goes towards that North star of deepening into aliveness, which requires freedom. And the ability to create the experience of life that you want to have. We spend so little time really giving thought to that. What is the experience of life that I want to have and how can I create that? And this is taking me back to what I said earlier about living a life from the inside out instead of the outside in instead of just responding to all of the things that are coming at me without a clear vision or intention. And this journey over the past three and a half years, I have experienced more growth and transformation than I have in an entire lifetime. 
It has been so, so wild. I would not trade it for anything. Entrepreneurship has a lot of pros and also some cons. And I'm really grateful to have had this experience. And then about five months ago, I had this moment where I realized that I needed to remember some things. That's something that's really important. Just because you learn something once doesn't mean that that's it. It's programmed in and you're done. You have to keep practicing it. You have to keep remembering it. And I looked around at my life and I realized that I was in a relationship that wasn't fulfilling me. There was a lot of love there, a lot of good things. And it was also making the life that I wanted to have for myself more difficult to create. Flynn Skidmore, a therapist on Instagram, actually said that, and it was so meaningful to me. He said, whenever you're in a relationship with a lot of love, it can be really hard to ever leave it. But the question I have for you, is this relationship making it more exciting and fun and easier to create the experience of life that I want or harder? And less fun. So I left a on and off four year relationship. I sold all my stuff. I put it into storage and decided to do my second stint of being a full time nomad. What does it mean? It means I don't really have a home, I don't pay rent anywhere. Uh, I have a home base in North Carolina with my family, and I travel out from there. I've just initiated this, and I spent a month in Costa Rica, and I'm about to take off for a month in Austin, and who knows what will be there after that. It feels really, really good to be so comfortable in this unknown and to have all the many lessons and experiences. So I am now a full-time nomad floating around traveling and that'll be part of the stuff that I share with you here in season two. I also took this opportunity as this great reset and I really pulled back and I called all of my energy back to me. I decided to rebrand my business as the now experiment and to really dive even deeper into what does it mean to walk the path between these two worlds of soulful and rational, left brain, right brain, doing, being. Um, what does it mean to exist in a way that is nearly completely generated from my internal compass, from my unique preferences, desires, wants, needs? What is the point of having these wants and needs and being a unique individual? What is the point of being alive if not to show up in life in alignment with these unique desires and wants and needs and to do your own unique path and to have your own unique experience? So that is what we are going to be diving into in season two. I am so appreciative if you're still listening that you stuck along with me on this journey and just got a little bit of a sense for who this person is that is going to be sharing with you at times really incredibly vulnerably on this podcast. 
I am really excited to continue sharing with you. I want you to know that my door is always open for feedback and also notes of resonance. So if something really speaks to you, please let me know and I can give thought to doing more of that. And I want you to know that even though the podcast world is sort of a one-way street in terms of communication, I don't think of it that way. I want you to feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or in the contact form on my website and let me know what is resonant for you. What is really working for you with this podcast? What questions do you have? What are you curious about? Let's keep it a two-way street in that regard. And if you sign up for my newsletter, The Now Experiment, at thenowexperiment.com. You can also always just feel free to reply to that email and let me know what you're thinking there too. Without further ado, I will send you off into the very first episode, even though this felt like a, a single episode of the Abundantly Curious podcast. See you soon. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to be kept in the loop on new episodes like it, follow us on Instagram at Abundantly Curious or join the email list at the link in our show description and show notes. And if you've got extra love to give, which we always welcome, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, when we open our minds, we open to new possibilities. 